Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. It was the preparation day and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies to remain on the cross on the Sabbath, especially since that Sabbath was an important day. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of those crucified broken and the bodies taken down. Therefore, the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men who were crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. However, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. The one who saw this has testified and his testimony is true. He knows that he speaks the truth and he has testified so that you also can believe. These things happen to fulfill the scripture. They won't break any of his bones. And another scripture says, they will look at him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate if he could take away the body of Jesus. Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one because he feared the Jewish authorities. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took the body away. Nicodemus, the one who at first had come to Jesus at night, was there too. He brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, nearly 75 pounds in all. Following Jewish burial customs, they took Jesus' body and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths. There was a garden in the place where Jesus was crucified, and in the garden was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish preparation day and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus in it. I don't know why I know this, but I know uh, that for soldiers... There is this very stern commitment that uh, is said before we go into battle. No matter what happens, no one gets left behind. You probably know it, do you? Maybe I picked this little maxim up from all the war movies that I've seen over the years. I'm a bit of a war movie tragic. No one gets left behind. To my surprise... As I again hear these beautifully woven words by John telling of what he and the others saw and heard, bore witness to, the things I've seen and heard, he says, uh, I find to my surprise that these words, this little maxim, is actually said by Jesus. Well, pretty close anyway. And they really stick out to me in this pandemic, social isolation, lockdown time with all of its worrying concerns and all of its lack of personal freedom. Just like a soldier reporting to his commanding officer, at the end of a battle, Jesus says to his loving father, I didn't lose any one of these you gave me. I didn't lose any one that you've given me, father. Well, these words are now burned into my consciousness anew because of the extraordinary circumstances we're in, maybe, Jesus says to his disciples before this ugly day, not one of his people has been or ever will be lost. Not by him anyway. 
No one is left behind when it comes to Jesus. Now, I reckon these words aren't very easy to say. They wouldn't be easy to say for a soldier before a battle. And they certainly aren't easy for Jesus to say before the final battle. Why so? Well, you might have to do it. They might cost you greatly. You might have to lose your freedom and lose your health, lose your lifestyle, possibly extremely lose your life. Of course, as we know, that will be exactly the case for Jesus. The commitment to people will cost him everything. Now, of course, events can overtake the best soldier, even the one making such a solemn pledge to his friends. No one gets left behind. As Jesus makes this announcement that he has got all of his people safely this far, events now overtake him. Now comes the hardest battle, the height of the battle for planet Earth, the universe, all creation, and it will cost everything. So the threatening posse turn up, the payment has been made, the betraying kiss is given as the sign, suffering and death this day are now fated. For us to not be left behind to threats and fear and vile death, Jesus will have to win this last battle. And he'll have to do it in full self-isolation. Fully alone. Only he can do it. Like this pandemic with all of its huge changes to our lives already, Jesus' suffering just now simply must be endured. At the pointy end of weaponry, at the pointy end of this demonic transaction, at the pointy end of arrest when the tension is really high and life is at its thinnest, Jesus gives himself. And as he does, he protects the innocent and the incapable. He gives his life so the others can still have one. As he sacrifices himself like a faithful soldier or a good friend, he fulfills the great mission plan of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit that was in place long before the creation of this troubled world. He says, I am, he says, the great I am. Well, the great I am has always given himself for the sake of his wounded, ignorant, scared, scarred, incapable creation. And now he does it most immediately, most humanly, most unmissably, most, un most painfully, this Good Friday. Whatever has already happened to the disciples this day, whatever has already happened to you in this pan pandemic, and whatever will happen to us all in the future, Jesus says that in all of this, he will not lose anyone the Father has given him. He will not lose you, friend. He will not lose you this Good Friday. No follower of Jesus, no baptised son or daughter of God, no person of living faith in him, no one with any kind of real and right relationship with the Lord Jesus, wherever they exist, or wherever they have ever existed, has been or will be lost. So friend, whatever happens to you in all of this, 
you will remain found. You will always be never lost. However long you might feel lost, as you have to go it alone inside your house these days. Of course, this is not easy to believe. It's not easy to believe for these close friends in the garden, I bet, when the power of Rome and very misguided religion descend upon them. I don't think it's easy for us when the threat of disease and a very uncertain future is just outside your front door. Just ask Peter. He feels the need to resort to more immediate measures to try and break out of the fog. Out comes the sword and off goes Malchus's ear, just like that. I wonder whether we're attempting to do the same thing under the threat that faces us. We are throwing money at this thing. We are engaging all of our medical might, all of our technological wizardry, all of our scientific research, all of our people management, government organisation and policing skills. We're throwing the kitchen sink at this thing. We have to, don't we? We have to. Just and right governments and organisations in all spheres of life should be doing that for the good of all people, like we are for the good of all people. But all this in the end won't be the most telling thing that happens this year. <laughs> it won't be the most telling thing that happens in this pandemic. It won't be the most telling thing that will heal us fully and restore us to community fully and reset our Western culture fully, even to reset our global environment fully and most lasting way beyond this pandemic. This is because organisations and governments, though part of God's amazing grace for his people that he loves in this world, they can't deal with the real deal, the real thing, the real issue, the real heart of the matter. Human power and skills can do much good and they should do their very best good. But this life-giving Jesus, he will deal with the great enemy, the last enemy, the enemy above all enemies, death itself, total abandonment from him. In all of its forms and for whatever cause, viral or other. So Peter, Jesus will deal with death. He'll deal death to kill a blow by forgiveness, not by a sword, mate. As he dangles in the hot sun, in full shame and resounding pain, to no more applause from the crowd but just total derision, our shame and our pain is hung out to dry today. It does not seem very effective or as effective as an immediate as Peter's sword, but just like the ear, healed in a moment, so Satan's vile threat of death over us all is dealt the killer blow this Good Friday. In the moment of deepest, darkest, most self-isolated a human being could ever be and ever experience, as Jesus gives voice to that cry that we all know so well, a total cry of total isolation and God-forsakenness, this bleeding man gives up his life for the life of this dangerous and unwell creation. He takes it all so we can live it all. He takes it all so we can live it all. 
He pays for our doubt and our sickness and our fear and our wayward wandering heart bent on self-satisfaction at any cost, at any price, with his own bleeding body. He gives it all so that we can receive it all. He attacks it all so that we can live with all the peace we would ever need on this planet Earth, our home. Whether we're at home, locked down, or running wild and free in the streets. This virus will come to an end, friends, just like I will and you in God's time. This man of sorrows, who is familiar with all of our ways, well, he'll live and we'll live with him from this Good Friday. You know, he's lived with his people through many a pandemic, many a war, many an injustice, many a flood, many a fire, many of a wave, tsunami. Because he lives through it, we can live in it. Because he lives through it, we can live in it. He lives in you now, friend. And that's how you know that what he says still holds true. I didn't lose anyone that you gave me, Father. Friends, he hasn't lost you yet. He says he'll never lose you. In fact, he'll lose himself, so you're found. And he'll find you when you feel lost. It's Good Friday. Our life has purpose again, despite our experience. What's the purpose? His purpose. What is it? Find the lost. Find the lost. Give yourself for them. Through your loss, they and you will be found anew in his love. No one gets left behind. In the name of Christ, amen. And the peace of God, which is beyond our human understanding or effort, keep you in the Good Friday crucified Jesus love. Amen. for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New Yorkpa, Barossa Valley, South Australia. stpetri.org.au If you'd like to continue the conversation, that would be great. You can contact me, pastor at stpetri.org.au